And the audio went away. Oh, hi. Welcome to episode 84.2 of the About the Cards podcast live tonight on YouTube. As always with me, my host, Stephen Loeffler, at Junk Wax Twins. Oh, my. Ben Wilson at our trading cards. Hey. And I'm Tim Shuffler, Big Shep 79. We are, car- we are a podcast by collectors for collectors, hoping to bring you a smart and insightful podcast discussing trading card collecting. We're live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Pacific. And 10 Central. Uh, we're a podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter about the cards. Uh, we are live. Uh, we are a podcast. Uh, pretty much everywhere you can find us. Anywhere you can find Including a podcast. Here, check out. Yes, we're four hundred and twenty people follow us. That's that's good. So I'm getting some feedback, fellas. Um, check out the website about the cards.wordpress.com and find us on the Flip Chat app to talk about the pod. What's up, guys? How are we doing? It's been a great week. Very exciting week. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, ex- so exciting we had to share twice. Nothing yeah. exciting yet in the hobby this week. I mean, you know, it's been kind of slow today. Yeah, nothing big. So uh, well, let's hop into it. The week that was last week's releases. Tops Living Week 99. Uh, card 281, Raleigh Fingers, Hall of Fame pitcher of the Oakland A's. Sold just over 2,600 cards. And Ben brought 2,599 of them. <laughs> Our household bought two. Wow, that's a lot for your household. It is. My dad had to hop in and buy one, so I was a little disappointed. I was really hoping it might might clear three three K, but it doesn't surprise me. He's a pitcher. Yeah, but it's such a good looking picture, and it, you know he is iconic because of of the stash and mustache gang seventy two through seventy four. But yeah, I think that's just what the set is going to be now. You, you, even really good looking cards of Hall of Famers are just going to kind of. Yeah, no, I, and uh, oh, we lost stuff there. And then card 282, Seth Lugo, pitcher of the New York Mets, sold just over 2,100. Not a surprise there. I was uh, even surprised he broke 2,000. Yeah. So, um, you know, not not a solid week, but both pitchers. I mean, we don't see pitchers sell as well as hitters. I think this week will be a little different. Uh, we also had 2020 tops archive signature active player edition drop. And 2019-2020 Panini Crown Royal Basketball. I like the name of that. Yeah, it's your favorite. We'll hop into Hot Off the Presses, this week's new releases. Uh, Tops Living Week 100. Uh, card 283, Astidas Aquino, rookie outfielder Cincinnati Reds, the first uh, rookie for the 2020 season. And then 284, Kevin Kiermeyer, outfielder for the Tampa Bay Rays. That's certainly a way to pronounce that. What, Kiermeyer? Aristides. Aristides? Aristides? You forgot the R and I. Aristides. You said Astides. Anyway. Yeah. Well, spell it for me real quick, Steph. Sure. It is. <laughs> yeah. Turn the click in. You need to put your notes in your backpack, please. Yeah. Nope. So, uh, no, I think I think Aquino hits over 3,000 this week. Yeah, maybe I, he's going to be in for a down year, especially with all the additions that they've had with with uh, Castellanos, Mustakis, and stuff. There's going to be just it's going to be hard for a bats to go around, and if that ball ends up being 
fixed. Um, it's probably a good time to release him before yeah. he kind of yeah. drops off the face of the earth. Well, all I can say is that when I looked and I was looking at stats from last year, when Mitch Garvner of the Twins has, what, 37 home runs? Yeah. Well, what? It was like 26, but yeah. No, I think it was more than that, dude. Was it? Yeah, I think it was. I think you look up Mitch Garver and see what he did last year, and uh, you'll be surprised that uh, – 31. 31, that's what it was. And he only had 67 RBIs. So, what does that tell you? Yeah, no, I, I, I go back to the – Home A's. runs are like like, are like doubles now. I'll I, I go back to the A's-Astros game when the A's won 7-6, to six, and there were 11 solo home runs or something stupid. And it's just like every inning a solo home run. It's like this isn't this isn't fun to watch anymore. When do we start playing wiffle ball? Yeah, <laughs> we strike out or we hit home runs. That that's it. You have two options. Yeah, I mean when guys are breaking records, and, and it's like there was literally a whole era of steroids. The whole thing, like years, massive home run hitters, Bonds yeah. and McGuire and Sosa, and these guys can't break records. That that guys like Alvarez are breaking. Come on. Come on. Yeah. So um, let's hop into it. So check out at Tops Living Staff for full breakdown of where these cards fall respectively in the set by team and by position. And uh, we have a big release this week. 2020 Tops Series 1 Baseball came out today. Uh, there's there's two versions of it. Well, two hobby versions. So you have Jumbo, uh, which is going to run you $150 a box, which is 10 packs per box, 40 cards per pack. Uh, you're also going to have that's in, in your box break. You're going to get one autograph, two relic cards, a home run challenge, and five gold foil parallels, which are new this year. Uh, and a hobby, it's going to run you seventy-five dollars. It's twenty-four packs a box, fourteen cards per pack. Uh, one auto indoor relic card, one home run challenge card, two, a Derek Jeter retrospective, and two rainbow foil parallels. Uh, there's silver packs to be inserted into the boxes themselves. They started this with update last year. Uh, Hobby will get you one, and Jumbo will give you two. And uh, so, so 350 card base set like normal. There is the gold foil, um, and that's only in Hobby uh, Jumbo. Um, in hot regular Hobby, and it's different from the gold out of 2020. There is the black out of 69, which is only in Hobby and in Jumbo. There's the Walgreens yellow. And then the clear out of 10, it's only select cards. And that's only in Hobby. You will not find the clear cards in Jumbo. So uh, just to kind of give you a breakdown on some of the parallels that are specific that you only find in certain certain boxes or certain releases. They also bring back the 85 Tops set as an insert. It's the 35th anniversary, just like the last two years of 83 and 84. Uh, they use the old design, and they put in retired players and current stars. Uh, like, like I said before, there's a Derek Jeter retrospective insert set that a home run challenge is back, and that's the third season for that. And Turkey Red's coming back. Uh, you're getting one retail exclusive uh, Turkey Red card per pack when you buy at the retail locations. And in the jumbo boxes, you're going to get a Turkey Red action box topper. Uh, I've seen some of those in person. They look really nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, we have the 2020 Tops. Celebration of the decade's golden ticket. 25 tickets will be hiding in Series 1 packs. Those who receive an invite uh, will get to bring a friend with them to a special event for later this fall. And it's similar to the Transcendent Parties where guests will be. Um, uh, there will be some guests. In fact, multiple MLB players will be on hands representing different decades and eras. 
So that'll be good. Uh, there's So we always talk, Ryan Cracknell's awesome about this, with the base and the short prints and the super short prints, knowing the numbers. So if we look at the bottom of the base cards, if it ends in 269, it's a base. If it ends in 284, it's a short print. If it ends in 285, it is a super short print. And he's already working on those variations and uh, has them on the website at Beckett, Beckett's website. So take a look. Uh, the rookies. So there's about 10 rookies I would say to look for. Yeah, Steph's showing it there on the screen. Guys, I'm getting a lot of, a lot of feedback. You guys uh so just you me. or Ben, are you hearing it too? I'm not hearing anything. I disconnected everything and reconnected. Okay. Does the, the guys in the chat, do you guys hear the, the... – well, if they can hear it, I can live with it. Uh, so 10 rookies to look for. Uh, you have Aquino, Bobby Bradley of the Indians, Brendan McKay of the Rays, Nico Horner of the Cubs, Bubba Starling – of the Royals finally oh, gets a rookie what, card. What year is it? B-U-S-T. Uh, Bo, initials. Bo Bichette, Jesus Lazardo, A.J. Puck, uh, some guy named Jordan Alvarez, and Gavin Lux are all in there. So. And the key two are obviously the last ones. Yeah, we'll talk about that. In a, we'll talk about it in a little bit. Spoilers. Yes. Are you guys yeah. excited for, for Series 1? Dan says we're fine as far as the audio. So okay, good deal. I just be me. I just want to. I just want to make sure it's annoying to everybody. Well, you you are talking, so. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Just speaking of Dan, do we have a picture of our our super 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 short print card? The Aaron Judge one of one. Can we share that if if for people that are watching? Do we have that handy? Maybe Aaron, I do. Maybe I don't. Would Aaron Judge one of one? That oh. the beautiful oh. Aaron Judge one of one. If that's nice, I didn't even see that. Yeah. So on the super or the 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 short print has Babe Ruth behind Judge, but yeah, I'm Babe Ruth now. But the uh, the non retail non hobby exclusive one of one the about the cards. One of one parallel has all three of us. That is amazing. I, I think these need to be new uh, business cards. Yeah, uh, yeah. If I can get a copy of that, I will make those and we will send those out. We'll autograph them and we'll send them out. And those are you'll amazing. notice that, that we're not sitting right next to each other because <laughs> we don't like each other that much. Yeah. No. So, but yeah. thanks for Dan for for this beautiful piece of artwork. That is awesome. Very nice. Uh, we also have this week dropping uh, 2019 Panini Limited Football. Uh, came out today. $130 a box, three cards per box, three packs per box, five cards per pack. One rookie patch autograph, one additional auto, and a mem card. It's a 194 base set with the first 100 are base veterans. The next 40 are rookie patch autos, and then the next are rookie autographs. For some reason, it doesn't go like one through 194, but it goes 100 through or it goes one to 140, and then they skip numbers 141 through 180 and pick it up at 180 to 240. So un unlike Iowa, they don't know how to count either? Oh, jeez. I, well, I don't get that. But <laughs> um, th there's the rookie patch autographs will be on card. 
the Ring of Honor, which are so the rookie, you know, obviously those are rookie cards, and then the Ring of Honor have on cards, and those guys are like superstars, like you know the team's best players or some of the game's best players. Uh, game day swatches, they're numbered at ninety nine or less, and those are actually really game used memorabilia. Um, they have drafty signature booklets that actually show a piece of the, the jersey the player held up while while on stage at the 2019 NFL draft. They also have partnership dual booklets, and those are autographs from a pair of teammates, and then they have the quads, which highlight four players. So that Chiefs one's probably going to be pretty hot with Kelsey, Hardman Jr., Hill, and Mahomes. Yeah, at this point you would think so, right? Yeah. And it's a slick-looking card too. I mean, you know, it, it, it's nice. You know, a lot of booklets sometimes kind of, you know, this coming from a Raider fan too. Are you still a Raider fan? Eh. I wasn't last Sunday. I was definitely a Chiefs fan. You know how miserable it would have been at work? It, on Friday, everybody was wearing their 49ers gear, and I just I, I couldn't help but look around seeing all this red saying, hey, look at you guys all in your Chiefs gear. Yeah, I want a, I want a few bets, uh, a few free – I haven't eaten lunch. I haven't paid for lunch this entire week. Nice. And I, I saw a free lunch tomorrow night with my buddy. Uh, I've won so many free. It's been amazing. Just I was betting the two. Right, see, I could have lost big, you know, but I'm going to end up winning out. Also, 2019-2020 Upper Deck Allure Hockey Drops on $84 a box, eight packs per box, six cards per pack, one auto, one mem, eight parallels, or five parallels, eight inserts, and one additional memorabilia or rare parallel card. It's 135 base set. This is the debut for this set. It's a chrome set. Um, the parallels will have a rainbow, but they will also have different patterns too. So I have a feeling it's kind of like a high-tech version. High-tech or uh, prism. Yeah. And then there's a winter storm warning, which are uh, one in every 10 packs, but they use the weather map for inspiration, which I just thought they were – because we talked about the Kaboom inserts and how we really like those, the downtown ones for football. Sure. Uh, these, these winter storm warning ones are kind of cool. They, they, they look really nice. And yeah. uh, for people that are in Dallas at the moment, uh, definitely there is a winter storm warning going on. But yeah. uh, no, I, I, I like the idea of the map going here. Yeah. No, Steph had chili. That, that's why there's that storm. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, you know, I thought with a Chrome card and that, and that look, it's just going to look really nice. I mean, the set's full of just of names that I know. So that tells you where we are. Uh, you know, it's a pretty good set and it's neat. I mean, it's a first year. 20th. Yeah. So you look through, that's a pretty good name, name list, right? Yeah. yeah we're all, I mean, there's Jonathan know, Toes. There's yeah. Bo Half or Thornton. There's that one name that I Cooter, I named Lee Cooter Cooter McDavid. Yeah, but check out Ryan Cracknell's articles on Beckett.com/news for real good details on all these products. And uh, that's where you what two weeks from now, Ryan? Oh yeah, maybe. Nice. Well, you're gonna have to get a, a Ryan Cracknell autograph for me. I think I think I'm gonna need that one. To my favorite podcaster. I had, I had a practical piece of mail that I should have kept because it was in his handwriting. <laughs> when the legend you said didn't frame it, I should have kept it under my bed to see if the hobby fairy would come. But yeah, uh, Woodsbury next week's release is 2019 2020 Panini Donneris Optic Basketball and 1920 or 19, 2019 Panini Patches and Plates and Patches Football. 
uh, dropped next week. Uh, tribute, we talked about this earlier, I've been, Tribute was supposed to come out and look like it got pushed back till early March. That's awesome because Series 1 is such a big, I mean, it's bad enough Heritage comes out in two weeks, having Tribute right in the middle. Yeah. Not yeah. fun. Yeah, and I, and I think I think you lead off with, with Flagship and then you follow up with Heritage. I mean, those are two big bangers, especially with all the inserts and stuff in, in Series 1. And then with Heritage and all the high numbers, you get you don't want to get uh, you don't want to get lost. No, and, and honestly, you know, when I was looking over the the release calendar, with Stadium Club coming out in June. I think um, Ginter comes out in July now. So you've got a couple of the other ones that that are kind of big big sets for people uh, where a lot of money can be spent. You know, I mean, it's bad enough that that Ginter and Series Two. And Stadium Club are all kind of within about a 45-day window of one another. But yeah. I really think that February should be a standalone for Series 1, and there shouldn't be anything else. Heritage could have March. And, you know, especially with the, as big as this checklist is. Well, yeah, I mean, you can drop Big League in there or Tops Minor League or whatever. They, You know, that would be okay because – yeah. It is what it is, but uh, we'll hop into infield chatter, the hobby talk section uh, part of our show. Uh, so hobby hotline, hobby hotline's live this Saturday on YouTube and Periscope at eight a.m. Pacific and eleven what? Eastern. What is hobby hotline? It's the new podcast. You not heard about this? I've the not promos. heard about this. This is fantastic. What yeah, is it? So can I call it? <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be a live call-in show. It's uh, we've talked about this before. It's let me get the podograph. It's Mike Summer. Uh, it's it's John Newman from Sports Card Nation. It's us. It's the guys at Mojo Mojo Break. It's Val from Sports or NASCAR Radio. It's all of us doing a podcast together. Um, we're gonna rotate hosts on a weekly basis. We're gonna take your calls. We're gonna have interaction like this. You're gonna get to come on and yell at us, uh, ask questions. You know, it's just gonna be a, an hour or so of uh, just a few topics, but mostly us just you know yammering with with uh, collectors and having them come on and, and share their voice, kind of a throwback to Cardboard Connection Radio. Um, this first week, the leadoff week, the debut week, Ben and I will be on along with Val from NASCAR Radio. Uh, and Drew Herndon, uh, he's going to kind of produce and be a host on the show uh, from Let Me Get That Potograph. So it's going to be great. Um, it's a fun week. And, you know, yeah, if, if you have any questions, the idea behind it too is, you know, to mix up, have, have guest hosts that, that specialize in – different areas that, that, that might offer something like, Hey, I really have questions about such and such. Um, you know, obviously Doug and Dan can, can bring uh, any questions you might have about breaking. If that's something you've ever thought about doing on a personal level, whether it's buying in or actually, you know, trying to become a breaker yourself. Um, obviously you guys kind of know what our, our fortes are here with the show, but uh, we all have different specialties. Um, we're gonna reach out to have people that that can spot, speak to non-sports and things along those lines, and maybe some special guests once in a while. Some of the artists that that have done work for Star Wars Living, and and maybe Ken Carl would be a great person from last week uh, yeah. to have on once in a while. And and uh, just, just if you have questions, because we're by no means experts, so it's a learning opportunity for us as much as anything. And. Uh, well, it's going to give a broadcast. I mean, we're going to be able to, our listeners are going to be able to hear different hosts and find new shows. And the same with us, we're going to be able to, to touch audiences that might not know about us. And there's also great promo. Um, so if you follow us, um, if you subscribe on YouTube, um, at Hobby Hotline on YouTube or uh, Twitter, 
you find us on one of the podcasts. Um, we're going to go through this more on the, on the show on, on Saturday. But Mojo's Break is giving away a box, a jumbo box of 2020 Series 1. Sports Card Nation is dropping a Prism, hot, or a Prism Blaster in 20 bucks. So some cash money to go buy yourself a blaster, but you're also going to be able to win a blaster of a uh, prison basketball, which is one of the hottest things going right now still. So, yeah, no, it should be fun. And, and, yeah. and we're expecting some, some, a lot of fun and you'll be able to hop on with us. If you want to get your face on, on the YouTube, if, if we've pissed you off on the show and you got something you want to argue about, if, if something on Twitter, you know, or you even off the show in debate. <laughs> You know, the idea is, is going to be it's a show for the listeners, though. You know, we're, we're going to try to keep our topics to a minimum and, and give some people some ideas to talk about. And got a question. It should be a lot of fun to be able to interact with with folks over the, you know, over the phone live and uh, really see how much we can learn from one another. Because, I mean, that's really the idea is all the podcasts to come together to help grow the hobby further than it is right now. Yeah, I think Definitely. it's going to. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun, and uh, just to hang out the other hosts. I mean, we've been talking about this for a while. Uh, it really got started at the national, I think, or right before. Yeah, and just uh, before it, yeah, yeah. And it, it's been something we've t- some of us have talked about before, but even before that, a long time ago, something needed to come back. So, uh, million card rip party happened yesterday uh, down in in Dallas at Jerry World, Arlington, Arl- whatever. It's the same. It's the same big old plot of dirt in the middle of nowhere. In Texas, that's for uh, anyway. you Texans. Yeah, well, they were called the Dallas Cowboys, and they were in Fort Worth, right? Irving, actually, Irving. What see? And, and now they're in Arlington, and they're called Dallas. Well, do they ever? Do they play in Dallas? I mean, have they driven through Dallas? Do they even know where Dallas exists? Well, anyway, quick. We're getting off topic. Lesson. Well, we don't. We don't care. It's in. It's his Dallas Cowboys. There at the Dallas Cowboys Stadium. How's that? Um, and so I think we're going to get into. Steph was there. Steph was one of. I think I, only a few people actually reporting on it that weren't breakers themselves, uh, sharing the back behind the scenes. It's about twenty or so people. Yeah, and um, I think a lot of people have lost their minds over hearing a million cards. People have come out of the woodwork saying the breakers have, you know, way to break it all and not save any from the normal people, way to, uh, you know, get all the good hits and not let us have any and all. And I'm like, wait, what? These breakers, the the, the, the cards did not belong to the breakers, nor did Tops give the cards to the, to the breakers to break, nor did they make more. The, car, the, the, the dealer or the breakers got the cards from their distributors and had them shipped there. Yeah. And they open the stock or their allocation that they normally would have opened today. Now, well, some yeah. might have bought a little bit more than normal because it was a big event. But it wasn't anything out of the ordinary when you have 18 breakers opening a ton of cases. That, that shit's going to happen. So you, you have 400 cases roughly, Steph, is what? what... No, I think it was like 362. Okay, 363, 362, something like yeah. that. So Brent Williams opened up 92 or will be opening up 92 by himself. Mm-hmm. By himself. Yeah. If, if you multiply 92 times four, that goes above and beyond. That almost gets you to 400. 
and you're saying closer to 362 is what it needs to be. So you're saying that Brent literally is going to open up a quarter of a million cards by himself. So, so again, you have 18 breakers opening up 362 cases. That's not, that's really not that many considering who's opening it up. You're talking about some of the biggest breakers some of the biggest names in the hobby that, that aren't that far off from Brent Williams himself, right? If we make a list of the top 25 breakers, it say Brent's number one. Most of the people that were there are probably going to fill out that top 25 list. Probably. So, yeah, it, it, it's nothing new. The only difference is they were all in one place at one time, and it was being filmed and promoted by Tops. and Pete Alonzo was there, and Rich Klein was there, and they had all the celebrities. And this person was there? Yeah, it was there. Hey, Angela. Who, who's this Hi. person? She's the one that she's the one that babysat staff for us all year long. I, just I, named, I, I do a very good job at that. Thank you. Yes. I just named hobby legend the Rich Klein was there. There's nobody else. So yeah, but this that. is the important one. Yeah. But what I'm what I'm saying is, and I think just people, you know, you're right. Being, I, I, I tweeted that out earlier that that Brent was probably going to open a quarter of a million cards. It's like I don't understand. And, and why people like lost it. And then somebody said, well, hey, Tops, great job on the diversity. Tops reached oh, out boy. to, yeah, I don't, we're not going to get down that road with that guy because he ended up deleting his tweet. Um, and he said, hey, there are no kids there. Well, one, it was in the middle of the day and it, went, and it started, you guys got there, what, about noon? It was Tuesday, Tuesday. during the school year. Yeah. And uh, it went to like, yeah. it went to like midnight. One. So, you know, one o'clock in the morning. So yeah, you want kids there? Okay. Uh, plus the money that they put out to host it where they did. I heard to rent the field for like an event was like over like a million bucks just to have an event on the field. You guys were up in the fancy boxes and stuff, which is really cool. So um, I looked it up because someone had mentioned it just just for a wedding to reserve it is fifteen thousand. Plus you have to guarantee a minimum of fifty thousand in food and drinks. That's wow. not including actually paying for the field for the time yeah. slot. That's a few bucks. And so, you know, they did this big event. And it's like you can't control the who you can't control if it's a man or a woman or what race the breakers are. You invite the breaking companies that are the most popular, the ones that are going to be able to have the customer base to support this. Um, you know, and so it just, it, to me, that was very interesting. I think a lot of people lose focus on really what it was. It's, it was a, it was supposed to be a fun thing to say, Hey, look, a million cards this is cool to have all together. It's 2020. We're starting up a decade, yada, yada, yada. Yep. Steph, get, get into it. What was it like? What was the atmosphere like the setup, the interactions, uh, walk us through when you guys got to Jerry world, what did it look like? So for those who have been to the national, you kind of know the basic setup of where the tables are and, how little room you have to walk between them. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, because it was in the press suite, there's limited space. Uh, it was kind of like in the mingling area, not necessarily by the where you sit to set up your laptop and type out and actually be able to view the field. Um, but they were all kind of packed into that area with maybe three feet of clearance between table setups in both directions. Um so you got all of the breaker groups on one side. Tops is in a corner with a professional camera set up. And um, they, they had reps from SI. They had reps from MLB. They had reps from um, who else? 
who else am I forgetting? About the naturally cards. the yeah we were there and we were there naturally the uh, Com C Dallas office in essence was there. Um, GTS GTS Rob was there. Uh, who said he'd uh, mention our show on Saturday tomorrow? It's a nice promo. Yeah, Let's look out for that. Um, and then uh, yeah, I, I mean. mean Dr. James Beckett of of his 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 own podcast was there. Um, Hobnobbin. Um, Hobnobbin. No, he, he he was running around getting interviews just like me and Andrew were, and Rich, um, and uh, just watching the event. I mean, it started off with uh, Tops making an announcement saying, "Hey, this is the first year, and this is kind of what we're wanting to do with all of this." and uh, the inserts and here's what our huge major promotion is for the year with the uh essentially the um not charlie brown but the uh charlie and the golden ticket celebration of the decades yeah uh invite for 50 people um, yeah because they're gonna do another 50 tickets for series two correct uh, i think it's 25 25 split oh 25 20 that's what i meant 25 25 yep yep yeah. nice um and then they announced who their special guest was and uh, pulled Pete Alonzo from back where they were storing the cases unopened. Um, and he has that takes a quick 10-minute question-and-answer session, essentially. And I posted the play-by-play on this um, on the show Twitter account. But, you know, a- answering what his hobby connections were and... Um, this was this was real quick. This was live from the top's feed, and there's Steph right there. I was on the phone. With <laughs> of course, that we was, won't uh, mention we won't mention hashtag boom dude here, but uh, and this is the 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 I I can't even call a replacement for Sue's, but uh, somebody that's doing a similar role there. The social Emily media Kless. social media manager. Person. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like we like we. Her husband said there is no new Sue's. There's no new Sue's. There's no, you can't replace Sue's. No. Anyway, sorry, no. Seth. Nope, you're good. Hi, Heather, in the background. Um, she is in a similar role as Suze was, and she brings a completely different flavor to the whole thing. Okay. That's my take on that. Yeah, I mean, everyone brings their own flavor to it, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what she does. She also mentioned that uh, anytime we want to have her on the show, she'll just let her know, and uh, she'll pack some extra coffee, even willing to work on a Wednesday late at night. Nice. So uh, we'll, we'll have to shoot her an email here and maybe talk to her about one of the major releases, maybe Heritage or Series 2. Yeah. That'd be cool. So, like, like what what did they, what did they, else did they, I mean, like, what you could talk to any of the breakers or how they were doing with their thumbs? And <laughs> <laughs> It's more like you observe the breakers and you try to stay out of their way. There was several bits of uh, technical difficulties throughout the night. Um, I heard, yeah, I heard Mojo's their portable studio went down, so they had yeah. to like, scramble. The the fan on their computer fried, oh. um, and they couldn't get it up and running in time, so they had backups naturally. But there was also some other people that uh, had issues. They didn't have a trash can, or <laughs> yeah, Mojo um, didn't get a trash can. They're they're they're. Uh... I, I made the joke that anytime anyone has an Astros hit, they should be legally forced to bang the trash can. <laughs> <laughs> um. Um, also, somehow two breakers got unplugged at the beginning of the thing, um, so their live streams went down naturally for a little bit. But they got it all back up and running quite quickly. Did they? Did they drop any surprises? 
like uh, you know, like that we didn't we didn't hear about before that might be going down this year or that might be in in series one. Uh, were, were there any like you know unknown? Well, they did cover everyone's uh, major question, so to speak, as far as the Rangers. Well, we're gonna get to that in a sec. We're gonna some more series one talk here, but yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'll let you guys uh, ponder. For yeah, those I want us to speculate on that. Uh, that's good. Should they do it again? Should we have Definitely a should. I think yeah. Panini should throw this party for Prism. Basketball. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it would be. Yeah, that would. Uh, yeah. I, no, maybe, um, they definitely should cover it uh, in more than just this year. Um, and uh, I hope they bring it back. Not necessarily for every single release, but it's a grand toss for the first of the first release of the year and maybe the last release of the year. I mean, I know they have the transcendent party and now this year they have the million card golden ticket um, product as well. But um, well, let's, let's hope I can pull a million ticket one of those tickets out of these, one of those case back, these two cases back here. Well, and that's and the thing. You guys I know can that, wrestle to the death for, for my, I, I know my that guess. there's at least 24 remaining because I know of one that got pulled at the show. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's cool. So let's kind of merge into some series one talk here. Um, why only one Rangers? Nick Solak, uh, rookie infielder, right? Yes. Yes. And the I heard they said it's because of the new. They tweeted out something today about oh the new stadium and the logo and da, 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 da. that makes so, zero sense to me because the Brewers changed their logo this year. A few years ago, the Marlins had changed their logo. Why could they figure this out for the Rangers? And what does it matter? Because they haven't, we know they haven't played in those new uniforms yet, and it's not like they changed much. The hats are this all the same, except for they have that new light so, blue edition. Direct from their VP of product development and their baseball product developer, they both said that the plan was to have the Rangers in time, and much like the ninety. Three and 98 seasons where they had the factory set of Marlins, Rockies, Diamondbacks, and Diamondbacks, and Tampa Bay Devil Rays, that they were intending to put the Rangers in and have a foil stamp on each of the Ranger cards, not in the factory set, in the base set itself. So you'd be able to pull the Rangers cards and they would have a foil stamp somewhere on representing the new stadium. Now, why the Rangers get the special specialty, who knows? I mean, I would have loved to have collected a foil stamp uh, Target Field one. Um, and I'm sure Ben would love to collect one when the athletics ever move out of the uh, dump that they're in, so to speak. Um, but th their plan is to rush... Uh, in Series 2, with packed cold stadium foil parallels. Why? Because. It's fucking stupid. They want to commemorate the Rangers' new stadium. Somebody somebody messed up, and they botched this, and this is an excuse that came after the fact. Either that or this was intended, as they suggest, and they botched it anyway. No matter how you argue this, if you're top, the optics on this are bad. And anybody who says, oh, it's not that big of a deal. By the time Series 2, an update comes out, the, the checklist will be fine. 
because we're we're gonna get twenty two Rangers cards in series two. Yeah, it's crap. I mean, um, you know, we were kind of joking. Our you know our friend Suze, who used to work with Tops, brought back card chat on Twitter today, and and her husband Dan is a Rangers fan, and I don't know if he's a hardcore collector. I don't know you know how much he delves into that, but. You know, I do know he collects, and and so there was a few jokes going his way about the Rangers, and of course. and uh, you know he made a comment. One of her questions were how excited, kind of scale one to ten, and he's like negative ten, and I I joked at him like, oh, that's how many Rangers cards are in series one, and it's one of those things where <laughs> no matter how you argue it, it's bad. Th- this is the first release of the year uh, unofficially, right, because of sure. our guy's signature, but. That doesn't count. This is the one that's supposed to get us excited. And if I'm a Rangers fan, I mean, I, I'm a hardcore A's fan. If there was one card, you know, Tim made a comment on Twitter today about, about this very topic. And I was like, so the A's are planning on hopefully having a new stadium in 2023. You're telling me in four years, three years, I'm screwed as a collector in Series 1 that you're going to do the same crap, that I'm going to get one card to collect that year in Series 1? Come on, man. Well, and what they Eat it. Eat it. Don't try to come up with a new excuse. What what they did imply that it wasn't all just their fault. Naturally, they sure. said that um, there was some issues getting approval from MLB because the stadium official designs, while they had been released, the stadium isn't actually officially built, and the tops wants the logo to match the stadium. And then why do it? Because they can. Then roll it out in series two like you intend, but in series one just have the old crap. That's fine. How many? But How then I would be pissed as a Rangers collector too because it doesn't match, and it'd be like, "What? So the stamp is a stupid so idea." Let's the just, solution, let's just leave it. What they could have done, and they did this in a couple, a few years back, they decided one year not to have the gold out of twenty whatever parallel, and then collectors threw a natural fit, and they decided for series two that or update that they would reprint the series one cards with the gold parallel. There are so many inconsistencies just now with all the technology and everything. You know, they're going to do yellows in some series, but not other series. They're going to do purples. They brought yellows Walgreens out again this year for series one. What the crap is that? It's like, you don't need to do all of this stuff. At this point, I get that it doesn't match, but okay, for one year, just deal with it. But it's stupid. Okay. If you can't do it and it's going to cause problems to the product, move on. Yeah. Don't let it – anyway – so, hey, we're going to get on to happier things. So, I went to the LCS today, and uh, I picked up five, actually six loose packs to open. Uh, but I, I keep one behind because I put it away with uh, all the rest of my pack collection. I pretty much have every wax pack from 79 through 19 unopened from the series, except for, like, 11 update. I don't have one of those. Some of the mid, the late 90s and mid-2000s. But uh, I always like to find out what my first card of the year is going to be. Now, it's not the first card I see on the back. It's the top card in this pack. So which which pack should I do? Should I do number one, two, three, four, or five, guys? One. First pack? All right. Duh. Your first all right, – hold, hold, hold on. What do we predict? Just throw a team out there. What do we think your, your first card is going to be? Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> the statistical improbability. Yankees. I say the Yankees. Uh I'll st- same division, I'll go with the Orioles, who are the second least represented team at seven. Staff. I'm going to go Dodgers. Okay. 
You guys chose AL. I'll take the NL. And with his fat fingers, he has pulled a Philly. A Philly. National League takes it. Roman Quinn. Let's see who else we got in here real quick. Alex Colome. Doop, doop, doop. Heimer Candelario. Candelario. Uh, Oh, and Nicky Lopez. Nice for the Royals. That's exciting. Sean Doolittle. Scott Kingery, Tanaka. Here's a here's a Ian Desmond. Ooh, an Eloy eighty-five. Nice, nice. That's a, that's a sharp looking card. I like that. I like that uh, the colors combos there. I like Max, the good match. Yuba City's own Max Stassi, and this was actually they said the millionth card was yep. a Max Stassi, and he's from a local guy here who's drafted by the A's and up traded. He played in Houston. And then now he's an angel. So, God, he's the AL West guy. He needs to go to the Mariners soon. So that, uh, that was my first pack. Not bad. So my first card of the year is uh, Roman Quinn. Let's hope uh, the rest of them are better than Roman Quinn. But uh, not a bad way to start the year. Yeah, well, when Roman Quinn becomes a Hall of Famer, you're going to look back Next at this episode sure. and you'll have to eat things. Yeah, that's fine. I'm good with that. Let him be a Hall of Famer. Uh, so they also knew this year they have 10s. So buzz, buzz, uh, blow, tins, blow out buzz. 10s. 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 Ten. Uh, they have series one in these tens. They will have seventy-five cards, including one exclusive Chrome Decades Best insert, and they're only going to be available at Walmart. And there are six different player tens. I think the first one's the best. Though, Steph, you can pull up the picture. Yep, I got it. Yeah. So, real, real quick, it's when, Mookie on the Red womp, Sox. Womp. <laughs> <laughs> when did these come out? Have they been released yet? Yeah, they're I've in. Not the, yeah, I, some I saw them in retail. Some people. Took a picture of them in retail uh, today. Okay, because there's three A's that that I'm pa- impatiently waiting for to populate out of the ten. Um, so I'm I'm waiting for these, and and it didn't look like a whole bunch had, had none of the decades best had been listed as of a couple hours ago. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I didn't those are to- out there, and this is a good idea because you know you have the the, the tens and um, the upper deck hockey are super popular. And, yep. I, and it's also it's it's a for kids too. Like it's a cool storage thing, right? Like you can oh, put yeah. your supplies in there. You can put your card, your nice cards in there. Like I always had a funky box that had nice cards in it, and, and I look back and I found it after I got my collection back and went through it. And I'm like, what was I thinking? I once had a, a bunch of Reggie Sanders rookie cards. I once <laughs> had a, a, an 800 count box. I, I think I still have it out in my garage. It's empty now, but. Whenever we'd buy a, a set of, like, say, 1985 tops, we'd go through and pull out, you know, the Gooden and the Saberhagen and, and all the great cards from 85. And if I ever acquired one, like, when I had the 62 Mantle and Maze, I'd keep them in there. But on the outside of the box, I labeled it Valuable Cards. <laughs> and, and, and that's the equivalent of having a an Excel spreadsheet on your desktop called Passwords. Yes. Here it we is. go. I got a better better uh, look at it here. From Walmart.com. These are retailing $14.99. That's um, not a bad deal. You no. got Alonzo. You've got uh, Vladdy as my slow squirrel loads. Uh, you got Mike Trout. Mookie, naturally. Aaron Judge. And so what? Bellinger? Belly? Yeah. Not, not, so, not bad. It would be interesting to see if they come out with those in Series 2 and update, and that'd be 18. I, I'd really interesting to see what the the tin sell for on the secondary market empty. Um, probably a few bucks, right? Yeah. Oh, wait, have you seen the backs of these cards? They're clean. They, they're, they're really nice. 
Cracknell oh. tweeted that out about how clean they were and and pack pack two Gavin Lux and some guy named Seth Brown. I'm not hearing any twins. Um, real quick though, so we have Top's Choice now. Some more reprints of old cards. Yeah, <laughs> although uh, although they did the commemorative ones this year with like you know. Eckersley and uh, uh, you know the rookies, but they've got a a, a little relic on it. So yeah, Jeff, those yeah. in the blasters, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, those are those are pretty nice. I mean, they're they're kind of dumb, but they're also kind of cool. So, uh, did you guys uh, you guys think the million card rip party will actually flooded the market like a lot of people are freaking out about today? No, no way. No, uh, yeah, I mean, it it, de- it depends because. I, I made a tweet earlier about basically saying that, that the oversaturation and the over flooding. However, at the same time, um, they still have to sort these cards and get into the hands of the people that own the cards, actually bought them from them. And then those cards have to be listed and then shipped. Yeah. So, you know, it's such a tiered process that by the time, you know, Mojo opens them, ships it to Ben. If Ben wants to, to list it, Tim buys it, Ben ships it to Tim. You're you're still looking at a good seven to ten day window at best before it gets into the hands of the ultimate person that's going to put it in a binder, or, you know, top loader and, and keep it forever and ever. Yeah, it does not look like there's been any tins listed or sold. No, no that's I, weird. I just opened a pack and there was not a one insert. What about decades best um, Chrome? Are, are have any of those populated yet? Anyway, I did pull a I did pull a Carlos Santana black parallel out of sixty nine. Yeah. Um. So the which you guys who, do you, okay? So we, we talked about this with inserts. I just I just said I opened a pack and there was not an insert in there. Why don't inserts typically appreciate or hold value the same way some other cards do? There's just too many of them. Yeah, this was an interesting question that was brought up on Facebook this week by by somebody who was legitimately asking because he had a bunch from the 90s. And it's like, you know, other than the old Donruss Elite and a handful that came around in the 90s, um, they're just not really sought after outside of the the particular release. I mean, they're not true rookie cards or or even considered really XRCs per se uh, during the rookie year. So unless you're a team collector or a player collector or you're collecting the insert set itself, what value does it really have? I mean, are you going to go back and look at a Mike, Mike Trout from 2012, 2013, some of those early stuff, and spend a ton of money on a non-numbered insert? Probably not. Not yeah. unless you're a Mike Trout guy. Not unless you're you know, an Angels fan. You, you know, it's just it, they're not as desirable – because like Steph said, there's a lot and, and there'll be a lot in the next set. And in this particular day and age, it's not how collectors are, are pursuing their, per, you know, their, their, their personal collections or, you know, amassing their inventory. You know, they, they, there's just not a lot of holding power. I think the insert chase has shifted from inserts where there's 100 100 150 between series one series two to the short print short super short print that are released yeah not that there's not a ton of those but compared to the scarcity 
Um, people are just chasing those more for obvious reasons. Yeah. My favorite inserts are always those like the 87, 85 parallels, the, you know, the, those in, those sets they put in have always been my favorite. By the way, I love this League Leaders card. If you can see it right there, That's this sweet. is a Pete Alonzo. And it just has like a little yellow bar on the sideline there, nice. the nameplate. It just looks nice and clean. Um, I think it's one of the better. I miss like the three headed cards like they used to do in the 70s, but sure. You know, biggers can't be choosers there. What who who do you think is gonna be the top rookie? We we named off 10, 10 rookies earlier that that kind of have some some umph behind them already that we know about that's not Jordan. So take him out of there. Uh Steph, who do you think is is gonna be one of the better rookies that's gonna come out of the series one? Well, I'm gonna go with three. Puck, <laughs> Lizardo, and Murphy. <laughs> who? <laughs> Sorry, uh, I might have got set up to do that. Uh, <laughs> no, um, like I said, when you were reading them off, you, you got to go with either Gavin Lux or Jordan Alvarez. Yeah, but I said not Alvarez, so you're going going Gavin Lux then. Yep, with the Dodgers. Ben, ben, I said one, and and Ben listed three, that so I he's just going to sit instead of, instead of us arguing. I found a compromise, Ben. The Oakland A's rookies from Series One. I, I will pick one, and, and I think. Thank the, you. I, I think the hot one is going to be Luzardo. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I had to pick one, that's because Puck has been been represented quite a bit in Bowman, so his stuff is out there. And I know that it's not technically a rookie card, but it's quite a bit of it. And uh, but you know, Sean Murphy. The reason that, that it's hard to pick one is, you, you know, both Puck and Luzardo were in the rotation late in the year. I got him. You got who? I got Puck. I got well. I got Brown, and I have yeah. Lux. Nice. Right. And, and 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 Sean Murphy, you know, is one of the the top catching prospects in the in the game, and and I think that that he's gonna he's gonna do some things. So there are some guys that you know. I was surprised that those three plus Seth Brown, you had four big rookies for the A's. I mean, I don't know where Seth Brown's gonna fall in this year with the A's, but um, yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of rookie power in series one overall. And I better think, than, better than most years. I think is Gavin Lux. I, I really but, do think that's the obvious choice. Well, I said Boba uh, just again, a little diversity, but I think that his name has something he's been talked about quite a bit. Now he, he didn't play all that much uh, last year. So it's going to be, he might be one of those guys that has a good year this year and then kind of comes up, but we'll see. Um, I, I, I think this is probably one of the better crop rookie, uh, rookie crops of series one we've had in a while usually sure. series two and update always are, are going to have the better rookies as they wait to call some of these guys up especially um, update series two this year though if luis robert uh, robert or whatever comes up and he actually debuts with the with the white Sox uh from spring training he'll be so hot in series two it's going to be insane um especially if he does anything yeah there's no reason for him not to they just signed him to what that new six year or eight year contract zillion dollar deal yeah and you not play the game. We're going to make you one of the highest played eight players on our team. They, it just didn't seem like they kept some of those names back. If if I, if I'm tops, I would have said, you know, just again speaking to the A's, it's like to put Puck and Luzardo. Why not keep one for series two? Well, because of when they debuted, they debuted, they played a lot last year. So it's hey, like let's get these guys out uh, because we're going to have more guys coming in that are going to debut this year because they just missed the cutoff from last year, and that's why everybody was so mad. Like, why wasn't Jordan an update? It's because he debuted too late. And that's why now these guys are in series one, and he has a cup on his on his rookie also cup card on his rookie card, which is cool. Uh, a, few, a handful of guys have had that, and I think that's a 
a nice little double dip because that rookie cup is one of my favorite little additions they put on um, the cards. We stamped good. We stamped gooded. Uh, Dub mentality tweeted this out uh, this week. Oh. 2019, 2020, Donruss, Zion Williamson, next day auto with a stamp. Right? So you got this cool stamp that says, hey, this is a next day auto. So he was drafted. He signed this card the next day. He was sharing this from Newhouse, New Hearts uh, cards on the Facebook page. How about that Panini stamp? Right over the autograph. Right over the autograph. So it was signed and then stamped, but they stamped it right over his autograph. I mean, thanks. You could blame Zion if he'd signed over the stamping, but this one's on Panini. But also, I think he might have, he was supposed to maybe sign down, down, down by his uh, waist, uh, where it's whited out a little bit more. But, you right. know. Well, I mean, the thing, though, is it an automated stamp process where they've got a hundred of them probably. that are go through there and it's just going to pouch? Yeah. No, no, probably. And they probably just didn't have him sign in the right spot. And, and, yeah. It, it'd be interesting to see once we, a few more of these populate, how many of them were, did he just accidentally go a little high on this one as he was getting sloppy signing hundreds of these? Yeah. I or, just thought it was, I just thought they're it was all look like this. I always like to poke. Right. And I'm going to poke them on this. Um, pull it. Don't put it in the pack. Pull it. Right. Anyway. Well, and then going to this, and let me try to find it here. Um, because I know we were talking yesterday, uh, me and uh, Tim were anyway, about uh, loving to see when you have a player on their kitchen table or whatnot, just going through cards. And in particular, uh, Brian Dawkins here. Yeah. Signing all of these cards, but you'll notice that it says sign here, sign here, sign here. Yeah. And also, too, I, I noticed uh, with some of the top stuff, they had some of those prospects that were signing Bowman cards last week. It said blue pen uh, and included the pen. You yeah, know, that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, because there was a few years ago, I forget which, which high end product it was, um, that, that had a lot of retired players for baseball. Um, low numbered, like out of 25, and it was supposed to be nickname cards. Mm. So like Mark McGuire would, should have signed it. Mark McGuire, Big Mac. Sure. And most of the players didn't, including McGuire. And it was, you know, the, the nickname out of 25 cards. It might have been National Treasures by Panini, in fact. But um, don't, don't quote me on that one. But and yeah. Flawless, it, probably. You know, they they uh because i got the canseco one that that just says jose canseco but what the hell is um, his nickname i don't know that's why he didn't sign it Puts or something i don't know knucklehead um but asterisk you know they they get those pens you know sign these ones with gold sign these ones with this and that and i know that there have been some issues in the past where guys have not signed them correctly Well, and especially I've seen a lot of it at work with uh, Elite Extra Edition where all of these that are numbered to 25 are supposed to be green ink and all of these that are numbered to 10 are supposed to be red ink and blue is naturally the number to whatever obscene number that they have in sign, 861 or something like that. Um, And you'll see that they won't swap over from green to blue or blue to red, but they're still numbered the same. Wow, interesting. Canseco, uh, real quick, his his nickname was the. He had two. Uh, it says 
It was the chemist or Parkway Joe. Nah. Never heard either one, but hey. How about juiced? Juiced. Uh, sage brewing to the top. You hear this? So Sage, uh, you don't know who Sage is. They're a company that produces unlicensed uh, draft NFL draft product. And they tweeted out this week. So we're ha- very happy to announce Joe Burrow will have an on-card autograph in car- um, in, say, in 2020 Sage hit premier draft. Welcome to the Sage team, Joe. No redemption. Hashtag no redemptions. So they're going to get Joe Burrow, the num- presumed number one pick of the draft, the Heisman Trophy winner. They're going to uh, have him uh, as a uh, on-card auto in their product. Good yeah. for them. No, it doesn't say exclusive, but the, they've, they've signed him, so he's going to have cards. Hmm. And not- Good for them. I, I, you can probably find a lot of their, their products at the Dollar Tree eventually. Yeah. Uh, football quarterback FOMO. Fear of missing out, by the way. Uh, Steph was pulling some numbers for us over the weekend on Sunday night. Uh, we have two cards, the 20s. And Steph, where did you, what uh, site did you use to, to quote these prices? To work, obviously. Okay, so Comsey. The 27, uh, 2017 uh, Prism Silver Pat Mahomes and the 2015 uh, Topps Chrome Jimmy Garoppolo. The reason why it's a Mahomes Silver is because they didn't have any base rookie cards that year. They were all silvers. Yep. So uh, both cards are raw. So Mahomes before the game was going for about sixty bucks. Yep. At halftime he was up to one sixty. Post game mm-hmm. he was at three twenty five. And those, those are sold, um, sold, so, sold yeah. prices, not what okay. people were asking. Yeah. And Jimmy G raw before the game was fifteen bucks. That's not a bad deal, right? Halftime he was up to forty. <laughs> and post game, post game twenty bucks. Well, he didn't have that one where he's getting hit, and he just kind of threw it up at the sky and and said said a hail mary, and you know, start singing Dion Warwick. I say a little prayer for you, and <laughs> um, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll just say this, and I'll leave it at this. If you didn't want it yesterday, if you didn't want it in the first quarter, you don't want it at halftime. <laughs> maybe you do, maybe you don't. <laughs> Obviously, by the fourth quarter, a lot of people didn't. Yeah. <laughs> But at least if you bought it before the game and you sold it post game, you made five bucks. Yeah, like trading places, sell, sell, sell. <laughs> I just I thought it was interesting. I mean, and then some other people did one, um, did it with the uh, graded like PSA nines and tens, and it was like you sure. know, there it's not been a huge change, but a few hundred dollars. I mean, we're talking that went from a thousand dollar graded card to a fifteen hundred dollar graded card, give or take, um, in there. So. Somebody on on Facebook had asked that question about Mahomes is is appreciation value post Super Bowl, and, and how much that was going up, and and quite a few people basically had a similar comment saying his market was already so stupid high to begin with that it, it appreciating a little bit. I, I mean, it's so really that noticeable. I, I pulled out of a couple of packs I picked I picked up at Big Lots from Seventeen Donruss. I pulled a couple rated rookie Mahomes and. Um, during the playoffs, like when I pulled them, it was right before the playoffs started. They were 15, 16 bucks. They were selling for $70 on Monday. Jesus. And I'm like, it's a base rated rookie. It's not even the optic. Right. Right. It's not even the chromed out version of it's not the blinged out version of this card. And I was like, it made me want to stop and go, man, maybe I should throw this up there for and make a quick, a quick buck or whatever. But I'm like, nah, I'm just going to hold on to it. I mean, I, at the end of the day, I do believe like, he isn't set up to maybe win a couple of Super Bowls. 
I have a feeling, Maybe. you know, he's got two two years left on his rookie deal, right? So he, he's very inexpensive compared to what he's going to be three years from now. So I have so a feeling they have a, they have a chance to win another one or be in another one in the next two years. And then maybe he can get to another one later in his career as a veteran, um, depending on, you know, the team and stuff. But that that's your window. It's a two year. Yeah. Literally there. And there've been a lot of uh, really interesting reads lately about, you know, whether or not teams should, should just focus on quarterbacks, like, especially like the Rams before they had signed Goff to an extension. Should you just keep recycling rookie contracts and build the rest of the team and get a game manager? Because in two years, you know, really probably a season before Mahomes is going to get his money. After next year, extension kicks in. And next thing you know, a lot of those, I mean, they're already talking about, um, I was reading an article on Athletic today that said uh, Chris Jones might might end up being a cap casualty, um, you know, if they can't franchise tag him. And, you know, he might end up going to Indianapolis. And and it was like, you know, 20 bold predictions or something. Yeah, and it really, really hems you up. Unless he does like a more of a team-friendly deal. I know Brady's done that the last couple of years because he's going to make his money as endorsements, right? He's going to have that money coming in too. So maybe he gets smart and goes, hey, listen, I know I could make $30 million a season, but what if I made $24 million a season? You know, then you throw in some bonuses or whatever. So it saves six million. So then go out and get a left tackle, not to get him murdered one day. But anyway, it's one of those things. You know, I think that he's got some some more room. But really, this is your peak. I mean, we all thought Rogers would have multiple Super Bowls at this point, right? When he won in two thousand and ten, no. no. when he when he beat the Steelers, right? You thought like their general manager really, really kept them no, down. But at, but at the time though, when they won that Super Bowl, you look and you go, okay, you know, Jordy's still. You know, Jordy was young. Randall Cobb was a rookie. You know, they had an okay, they had a good defense, not great, but, you know, they had the weapon at quarterback, and they just have never gotten over that hump. I mean, they keep crushing the, the Vikings, but they, they just they can't get through. They have. I mean, when they were in the NFC title game this year, where were the Vikings? Where were the Vikings yeah. last year? You know, there's just no Only the year before. Yeah, in the NFL, there's no guarantees year to year, and injuries are, are severe, and now you've got so many players retiring young. Uh, I mean, case, case in point on this whole – as we get off on the sports topic here, the Vikings a few years ago went to the NFC title game with Case Keenum, a quarterback. What do they do the next year? Go and guarantee Chucklehead Magoo from the Washington Redskins, uh, who likes to throw the other team more than his own, a guaranteed deal of, what, like $100 million or whatever it was? And here's a truckload of money – and you've never done anything, but hey, let's do this. And they res- regressed every year. And, and, and yeah, Cousins is a marginal upgrade. And even though we're not really a sports podcast, at the same time, it's extremely relevant because yeah. you know we're talking about Mahomes as long term. People are buying Mahomes on on Monday, and I'm just like, are you are you kidding me, Hobby? Come on, it's not like this dude wasn't a known quantity. Yeah, the only time I see somebody doing that is if it's a somebody that's not in the hobby that goes, man. I remember when I had baseball. You know, they hop in and they go, "I'm going to go buy a card," and you know, those people have stupid money sometimes. But the the law, and and I started referring to it as the law of FOMO whenever I refer to it because it's getting to that point in a hobby where it's a law, right? It, It really is. Is you want it today because I have to have it because. Damn it, you have it. I should have one too. And, and we have that 
I, I better get on the, the gravy train before it gets more expensive. And, and it's like, in some cases, sure, it's going to happen. Yeah. But time after time after time, and God. You're not always going to, real quick, you're not always going to have the Luka Doncic where you buy it at $20 and then in the, you know, during the off season, and then all of a sudden it's a $75 card just because he's doing triple doubles every other night. And we that doesn't live- happen. Oh, he all year. You knew who the guy was on Saturday. You know, you wait until after he wins the Super Bowl and comes back. Come on. Why come not? on. Why not? Uh, let's move on. Money drops because spending money. Uh, our buddy at Card Pulls, uh, a great follow. He's got awesome polls every every couple of days. What's the most you've ever paid for a single card? There were 530 votes. The options were 100 or less, uh, 101 to 205, 250, 251 to 500 or more than 500. Uh, ben, what's the most you've ever spent uh, on a card? I would, what what price? You don't have to say what 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 the amount was, but what price range? Just just under 500 bucks, and I, I've done it twice. Um, I bought a 1933 Gaudi Lou Gehrig, um, and then I also bought, yeah. Mm. I also bought the uh, the E caramel uh, E ninety five caramel Eddie Plank right in that same price range as well. What about you, Steph? I bought a lot uh, combined, but a single card. I think maybe eighty, maybe eighty ninety. Yeah, I outright bought. Killer's rookie for seventy five, not too, okay. uh, a couple months back. Yeah. You've, ne- you've never cleared a hundred on any one card. Not a single, no. Yeah. Not not a high number, nothing. No, for the most part, I've been able to get my high numbers for twenty to thirty. I mean, even the Rod Crew, I paid forty. Yeah, but see, he also doesn't have any of the fifty. He also doesn't have any fifty twos in that collection. That you know, I, um, I have three fifty two fifty twos remaining, and they're both scrubs. See, I, I had to buy three fifty-two high numbers, which cost me about three three fifty probably. They were right a little over a hundred apiece, but all three of them were over a hundred. Mine mine and it's funny because this all happened about within the week of the one I did. I mean, I would have been in the Steph category, it'd have been less than a hundred. Really? Those would have been those would have been Brett rookies. Um and, and I and it was uh, I was between two fifty one and five hundred with my SP uh, Derek Jeter that I picked up um and I got it. Oh man, I got it Saturday. It was so pretty. And guess what else was in the package? A 2019 Topps Archive Signature Series Active Player Edition card. I did it. But it was my buddy, my boy Garrett Hampson. Um, uh, the same. The, our buddy Shane, uh, Sports Mania card, mm. the one that sold me the Jeter, was also at a card show that weekend and saw the Hampson and said, "Hey, they're selling this for 15 bucks. Do you want it?" I said, yeah, let me PayPal you the money. So he bought it for me and threw it in the same package and they came together. Okay, so w- within the last couple of weeks, you've bought an archive signature series and I bought an 8x10 Martin Sheen photo from Probstein. I don't even know who we are. Who we are, yeah. We're an identity crisis. So I need two new show hosts. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the bottom line. This lull of December through, through early February where it's there are sick. no baseball cards is making us ill, like physically yeah. ill, to the point physically where. Ill. I mean, I've just been buying more uh, update. Oh, I, I, I don't get me wrong. I bought, bought a pack. Okay, but what update card are you buying? Uh, no, it, just packs. 
Oh, uh, I think I probably got Larissa Rise just over and over again. Well, I, so I, I finally caved and I agreed that I'm done buying packs of update. I'm just gonna damn because uh, uh, I'm gonna plunk down the change and pick up a gold arise off eBay. Nice. I, I'd been trying to pull it myself, but uh, so yeah. here's the results of the poll. So 530 votes, hundred cards or less, hundred dollars or less, one at 34.4, percent. Uh, coming in two was 101 to 250 at 26.6. Uh, three was more than 500 at 22.3. And then the, where ben, ben and I were at uh, 251 to 500 was at 14.7%. I'm surprised there's not more people. It's like I've either paid less than 250 or I just jumped over that and just went balls to the wall and, and dropped a mortgage payment on a card. Yeah. You know? No, I just as I was interesting, and so speaking of mortgage payments and and dropping, I'm thinking about I'm going to end up in the next category, five hundred dollars or more this week. So there's a Babe Ruth card for sale. So Ben's buddy here, third base cards at third base cards, tweeted out it's going down tomorrow, and this was tweeted out today. Babe Ruth collectors, the legendary Babe Ruth one of one Canary Diamond is heading straight to eBay for a ten day auction starting at ninety nine cents. What will the final price be when a hammer falls? We have committed to releasing the beast. Good luck. We've all, dude, we've all seen this idiot in his car over the past few years <laughs> of a price tag of $125,000, and he's never sold it. And then he came out and said his mom passed away, and if that's true and he's trying to sell this to pay for a funeral, like, okay, that's that's sad, but the card's not worth that. Right. You're, tr- you're, you're trolling. You've been trolling all us this time for this stupid card you know i would the, the this was the same year that they had the um mike trout and mike trout didn't even sell for that much i don't think well see it's it's one of those where like setting aside his mom because that's unfortunate if that's true yeah we're gonna put that aside is um it's like when you go to sell your car especially like if it's your first car yeah, sure. It's a white Dodge Neon with a huge spoiler fin, but is it really worth one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars? No, you take the six hundred dollars. Yeah, six hundred dollars <laughs> for that? that? Damn, you're going somewhere. Look, nice. the transmission was shot, and it had the only redeeming quality was that it had four brand new tires on it. Oh, that's why you got six hundred bucks. <laughs> um, so my question is, guys, what does this card sell for? That's tough to say because. You're going to have some people that are probably going to jump at it because it's probably have no intention of actually paying for it just to troll him back. Sure. Yeah. So let, $10 million. Let's, let's assume this goes legitimately, you know, and again, like Steph said, if his mom really did pass away, that's unfortunate in our condolences. But let's set that aside for a minute and let's set that aside that this guy Keith owns this card and has been trolling us for years with this and the Hosmer and the the blue Acuna from big league baseball or, or whatever it was. Um, and it's just pops, right? It, it, we don't know who's, who owns it. It's a legitimate auction. I, I can't see this card selling for more than, than three, three fifty. Maybe it's definitely not going to clear 500. Yeah. My guess is two twenty five. And I think I said like one fifty, one twenty. Yeah. I mean, I, I would, I would, I would pay 20 bucks for the card. Cause I don't care. Right. There's nothing attractive about this card. I don't really like I don't like like the the when they do these like they're just not my favorite. Uh, when they put players from that era in into current modern day release like like that. I just nah. 
it, it's a Babe Ruth though, and and Yankees obviously it, it's gonna sell. That's why I'm a, a probably yeah, a somebody will buy it, but it's 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 not gonna go. For, I mean, if it went for a thousand dollars, like I I wouldn't be surprised if it did. You know, or if it went for twelve, you know, twelve fifty, went for one, you know, ten percent of what he's or you know one percent of what he's asking for, then hey, that's fine. Um, so Sean for Hunter, comparison, I, I pulled it up. Um, there there are no Canary Diamond um, one of ones available on our site at the moment. However, there are some from Bowman and Chrome and Lineage, etc. The highest one it's signed Bumgarner four hundred. Yeah. Um, for an actual base card, it's actually Phil Hughes, one twenty. Yeah. So, Love you, um, Phil, but uh, at uh, at Hunter's S S A A seven, Sean Hunter, he put out uh, he had two really good questions this week, and we're going to go back to back with them. Uh, if someone offered to buy all of your cards today, for what price would uh, would it be? Uh, not for sale, like Ben had answered to him. Um, and, and I said the same thing. It's like gu- priceless gu- to me. But... Gu- gu- gun to the head had to make a sale enough to pay off uh, student loans, enough to buy a house, and enough to buy a uh, few cars. 500000 400000 Okay. So you – okay. Yeah. All right. What about now, you, Benjamin? Is that really, what it's it's valued at, though. I mean, if we're just looking no, at no, it, no, no. So, someone comes to you and they say, "Hey, listen, Ben, I'm a super ace collector. Uh, I want to be a super ace collector. I want to buy your entire collection today." And what is your what's the price? See, my first response was, like Steph said, I said not for sale because it's okay, not. Okay, well, a, I'm I'm going to shoot price. you in the face later then. But, what is the price? But see, I, the realistic price would be. 30, 35,000, somewhere in there, you, you, you know, it's, it, it, it's valuable. So if someone walked up and said, I will give you right now, sight unseen, I will take give all of your 50, ace cards. 000. Here's 50 K. It, it would be hard to say yes. And the reason is because I was having this conversation with my dad. If everybody said, Hey, all your trains and he's like 50,000. And I was like, but you're also in your late sixties. You're in a different place in life where you could use sure. that money for vacations and and that. You know, with us all being relatively young, by by assuming that we live a natural life, that's why I said it's not for sale. Because what am I going to do with the money? You know, I I, 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 mean, I said I would say shoot me and see if I can, I can take at least one bullet. Like I think I could take one shot. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean. I, but I asked my wife one time, or we're talking, we're driving, and I was like, man, the amount of money I spent on cards. And she goes, yeah, but at least you have them. So if we ever needed to sell them, she goes, it, it's it, not like it's it's not like booze or food uh, or drugs. Her, right? her response was, you would have spent that money on something else. Yeah, it's not drugs. like, yeah, it's not like all that money all of a sudden would be sitting in my savings account right now. It wouldn't be invested in stocks. I would have spent it on coffee. Yeah, it'd be on Starbucks and and knucklehead shit, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm going to be going through my garage this weekend, throwing crap out that I, I don't need. And, and it's just like, I'm done storing crap that I don't want and need. How much of that, that baseball card money would have went to stuff that I, I would be throwing out yeah. this weekend, right? It, it, it's not for sale. Uh, but it's interesting to see some of the people like, like night, night owl 
and, and, and certain people that you wouldn't have thought would have threw a number out that threw a number out. I, I'll, I'll take this number and I'll just walk away. Seriously, you'd be done with the hobby over an amount of money. And, and that's saying something. I mean, that all's whoa. Yeah, there's, there were certain people that responded. I was like, whoa, just to put a price on it. You, you know, Steph, you, I'm sure you don't have five hundred thousand dollars worth of cards. No, but but that's what it would take. Number to walk away. You know, okay, then then my number's you know a million, two million, right? It's a stupid number because it's not for sale. Of course, it's not worth that. Mine, mine would be two million, and then I'm going to open a card shop and hire your two best buds. See, my my my, my thing would be like, all right, you're going to have. He's not my my. He's not into cards though. So and then, why would I hire him? What what would I do with the fifty thousand dollars? I would I would ask the guy as he's packing up all of my cards now his cards. Can I buy that for thirty k? <laughs> are those for sale? Because I like them. I yeah. do. I too am an agent. You go later and break into his house and rob him. Um, right. He also asked a question: If you could undo one trade or sale you've made in your lifetime, uh, which would it be? He said, "I'll start in junior high. I traded a nineteen ninety Frank Thomas no name on front for uh, for for a crappy set. He didn't say what set. Probably ninety one Fleer. Let's be honest, Bo. Ninety one Fleer. Worst set in the world." Oh. Um, I traded once traded an 86 tops Jerry Rice for an 87 tops Tony Gwynn. Not 87 think, and it was in 1988 when I made the deal. So I, I for whatever reason I liked Tony Gwynn and hey, I didn't have that one. Here's Jerry Rice. I made I, I've talked about this. I, I traded an 86 Jerry Rice for a handful of uh random Keith Jackson, the the old tight end for the Eagles, because I love playing with him in the tech mobile. But that's not the worst one I made, right? Didn't you trade I, a Jordan? I, I, I'm not going to talk about the worst one I made because he I traded like a Jordan rookie for Correct. a box of 88 score. Correct. Baseball. High in the face. It was 1988. I was nine. I didn't collect basketball. It was not in the best condition. So let's not talk like this thing's going to grade a nine. Looking back on it, if I remember the condition, it probably would have graded like a four or five in a box. Shut up. I hate you all could buy all the 88 score baseball you wanted <laughs> and 91 clear. You could buy all the clear that Bo could ever want on top of all the 88 score. But Steph, what's the worst one you that you would take back? So I, I don't I don't trade all too often. Um but I do remember that I traded a uh um Bowman Trout for some minor twin stuff. I, I think at the time we had valued it like ten dollars, and he gave me like twenty twin cards. Doug Doug uh, from Mojo Break once he sold his Trout um, first Bowman Auto for a few hundred bucks. Yeah, but yeah, I, I I sold a lot of Trout base back in the day, like you know around twenty twelve for cheap. Sure. I mean, we all have those ones where how the hell are we supposed to know that Mike Trout was going to be what he is, right? If you sold a, I, I sold like an 09 Bowman Trout for like 20 bucks back in the old days. The hell do we know back in 2011? Yeah. Right. It's a lot bucks, different now, too. Yeah. 20 bucks was a great deal back then. Yeah. I got a steal at that time. How were we to know? If, if we're going to base it all on that, then all we're going to do is open up product and keep it, never trade it, never sell it. eBay is not going to have any cards ever again. ComC can shut down tomorrow. Burbank. Hey. Don't say that stuff. Be able to give me. Again. No, sport sport lots closes down tomorrow, right? Because we're not gonna we're not. But that's the thing is, then all of a sudden the hobby goes away because there's no secondary market. Yeah. Think of Speaking. rich. 
none of these cards go up in value because there's nobody out there buying them, thus creating the appreciation values that we've seen. We all have made it's fun to reflect and, and all oh we all made dumb deals or David's dated the wrong person at the wrong time and he could have been dating her sister or whatever. Anyway. Um or maybe dated the sister and just hung up about the the other sister. I don't know. Uh, upper deck is soon Panini. So at Paul underscore Lesko tweet this out. These are a series of tweets back from January 30th. It's not all of them. I just pulled a few of the big ones. Uh, but if you go back to his um, his feed on January 30th, you can see this. I'm so goddamn giddy. Guess what just happened yesterday? Upper deck sued Panini for trademark infringement. It's a lawsuit focusing on Upper Deck's exclusive license with Michael Jordan. As UD explains, exclusive licenses with athletes are very important in the trading card world. Basically, Upper Deck alleges Panini manipulated Jordan's image into the background of Panini trading cards, which apparently would drive up demand of these cards. So what is this case about? It focuses on a Panini's um, Panini's, uh, 17-18 Donruss basketball retro and later Donruss Optic NBA retro series. Apparently, although the same Pippen image was used in both, in the first series, MJ was removed from the card and he was not in the later series. You can see and it then, right here in the corner, just barely. Yeah. and But there's more. Apparently, Panini didn't stop there. It allegedly committed more infringement with a Dennis Rodman card in 1819 Panini Contenders Basketball, um, which is right there. Upper Deck finishes up by saying Panini this intentionally to harms Upper Deck, etc., etc. Regardless, if this case progresses, it really would help show the limits of exclusive licenses of athletes. And background imagery, don't get me wrong, you need me. I have legal grounds here. I just need more time to think on it. I mean, it's a fun argument. Panini removed MJ from the first card, arguably knowing, acknowledging UD's rights, then rolled the dice the second time. Kind of looks bad. Uh, I would agree. Um, in the Rodman card, it's definitely a little bit more blatant. But in the Pippin card, come on, bro. Yeah. Come on. But but really quick, we always remember back in the day though, like when you would remember the Sam Vincent card where they had the Jordan where he's wearing the twelve jersey, right? And so that card was always worth more because Jordan was in the background, or they would always notate, you know, uh, notate in some Beckett's like, hey, it's this guy, it's you know Joe Blow, but you know Hank Aaron sliding a third in the picture. Sure. So it made it worse. Or like that, um, the Mark McGuire card that has Kirby Puckett in it. It's really a Kirby Puckett card, right? <laughs> so. So here's what they're talking about where it's it airbrushed out of one, but he's in the second. And, and this is the one that I say okay. c- come on to because look at how small and tiny a picture that is. You can barely make it out. Yeah. The best thing is, did you catch the part about what they said in the lawsuit about the Jordan wanted to sign the exclusive deal with the world premiere, the best trading card company? Yeah. Upper deck. Mic drop. Walk away. You literally called yourself the best in a lawsuit that everybody's going to read. That is a total pimp move. Right. The what, You know what, though? As we talk about this, I want to say something. I don't know if you guys saw this video, but last week, um, Upper Deck did a rack, uh, one of those random acts of kindness mm-hmm. uh, to my little buddy, Ethan, a lady I've worked with for a long time. It's her son. He's six, and he started collect hockey. And a lot of you collectors have sent in cards to him, and he's so thankful. Um you know, we, we had uh, John help, John Orr helped him complete a full, his Upper Deck Series 1 set with a bunch of cards. Nice. Um, you know, the, the Carolina hockey, Carolina yeah. Hurricane guy, yeah. Um, and so Chris Carlin sent him a handwritten note. Uh, there was a box of Trilogy and a box of something else that was in there. I don't remember. 
and then a whole bunch of other goodies. And he was so excited. There was a video that his mom put out on Twitter. She's got like six tweets, and that's one of them. And it was just awesome to see it. And that's what I love about what they do. And they're trying to get kids back into the hobby. And uh, it's amazing. And it makes me, and looking at some of the cards you got, it makes me wish they had basketball or football or baseball again. Um, so I, I, you know, this thing back and forth. And I know Panini and Leaf have something where they've sued each other and there's some other stuff going on. Just figure it out. Just why can't we all get along? Yeah, no, this I, is so stupid. I was on Facebook. It's like four. It's like four. It's like two brothers and two sisters fighting each other over the dumbest shit. Right. Chris had posted that something on Facebook, and I commented about the beauty of upper deck cars. And then I was like, "Man, I wish you guys could get a baseball license because I would love some upper deck again in my my A's PC." And you, you know, you're so right. The, in a free capitalist market. In an oligopoly, there should be shared licenses, you know, to some degree. We've talked about that before, because um, ultimately, at the end of the day, collectors are going to buy it all. There's enough to go around. We don't need exclusive licenses. Especially now with the demand. Yeah. And, and so, you know, what's other cool? I don't know if you saw this, but with Chris Carlin, his son, they went to the Lego land in Carlsbad. Mm -hmm. And they were doing the walk, the Lego Walk of Fame where they have all these bust of famous people. Sure. Now. The Legoland's been open for 20 years. And all these busts have been there for 20 years. His son goes, dude, there's no black people in this. There's no African Americans. There was nobody but white people in this. Mm. It's been there 20 years. An eight-year-old kid figures this out, writes a letter and says, hey, where's Martin Luther King? Boom. They built freaking Martin Luther King. And then they made him mayor of Lego Town for like a, a week or whatever. I did see that. That was nice. That was super cool. The kid just like goes around and like, but how did no one realize that before? Sometimes, right? much like tops at the uh, event last night, you just overlook it. Yeah. Well, there's that, years. there's that one reporter guy that could have pointed it out because apparently he knows things about this. Yeah. Uh, so we didn't talk about this last week because it came out like right before the show. Um, the 50 best and most important cards of the 2010s, Ryan Cracknell's article. Uh, we were going to effort to get him on on a special episode and go through this and just talk collecting um, with the with the great. I mean, let's be honest. The about the cards, Mount Rushmore. You, we have a handful of people. I would I would and this is this is who I would say would be nominated for that. Ryan, Uncle Rich, Brent Williams, and cardboard icons. I mean, would be the the four I would vote for. And, and I'm dead. No, and I'm dead serious. Everybody thinks that I put out something about him today about Ben Aguar. I, I think he has motivated me in ways of collecting and being in this hobby more than a, most people have. Um, but that would be the four I would nominate to be on there. So we want to have Ryan on and, and do a big show with him. Um, Doctor Beckett would probably be on that list, right? Kind of Uncle Uncle Rich does not get on unless he says, and he has to say this. That the true rookie card is not going to not okay. gonna happen. That, then 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 Jim Beckett gets his place. <laughs> Love it. We'd have to do the interview at eleven PM Central Time too, because we'd make him stay up all night just to be on the show. <laughs> of course. Uh, so here here and I pulled some snippets out of the article and I don't want to steal his thunder of what's in the article, what the fifty cards are, but here here's his preamble into the into the article. The the 2010 saw a lot of changes in the sports in sport, the world of sports cards. Things went exclusive. Prices on packs and 
walks has hit new highs. A thing called group breaking emerged. While the landscape of the hobby may be a lot different than it was 10 years ago, the cards themselves remain the foundation. Here are 50 cards that helped define the decade. We simply didn't uh, we didn't simply go with the most valuable cards at this moment. While that's certainly one factor, just important are things like impression they made and how they pushed the world of sports cards forward and how they might influence things in years ahead. Um, so just some of the players are involved were Mike Trout, Steph Curry, Patrick Mahomes, Bryce Harper, Connor McDavid, Steven Strasburg was in the list. So my question to you guys is, as we, we end the show tonight, what's the most important card of the 2010s for you? Steph, what was the card in two, that decade that, that, that was the most important one for you that was, that was came out and created in, in that 10 years? Uh, I have two and one's kind of cheating. The 0910 uh, Curry. And as far as overall, Mike Trout's rookie. Okay. Benjamin, what about you, bud? So there was a card in, in 2012 that really, I guess, threw me over the edge of collecting. And and it was a series of cards, same card, but all the parallels. And that was the 2012 Yoannis Tops Topps Chrome Auto. Um, when I got the black, which was numbered out of a hundred and I got that in hand, that's when I just, I mean, I fell in love with the hobby hardcore. So I would, I would say that was the card for me personally, obviously the trout is going to be the most iconic if we're talking about that. But, um, yeah, the Cespedes 2012 tops Chrome black auto was the one that, that pushed me into the A's super collection exclusively. Nice. Mine, um, it's don't don't laugh. Mine's kind of dumb, but it means something very personal to me. Uh, 20 to the or 2012 Tops Golden Moments autograph of Ubaldo Jimenez. Now, I had been out of collecting since 94, and I went back to, to teammates, the card shop, but it, with different owners, and I bought a box of Series 1 2012 Tops. And no idea really what to do, you know, what was going to be in it, but I bought a hobby box and you get one hit. It ended up being that Ubaldo Jimenez autograph. I was blown away, man. There's an autograph of the pack. And at the time, he was a pretty decent pitcher for the Rockies. Sure. And um, I really thought, I think he was on the Indians at that time. I think it's, I think I, I Michael Apollo. Rockies, yeah. Yeah. He was an Indian um, at that time. Um, but I was blown away and I was so excited. Really kind of amped me into collecting again. And because I bought the box just on spec and said, you know what? Hey, I'll, I'll check it out. And after that was full bore, it was gun, guns and blazing. And uh, as you see, it hasn't stopped. And, and, uh, and Jimenez signed a minor league deal today with the Rockies with a non-roster invitee to spring training. Oh, he nice. The more you know. Yeah. So uh, that is our show this week, episode 84. Uh, any final thoughts before we head out tonight, fellas? Uh, I do have an, an addition to the four you listed. Um, our friend uh, Nick, the photographer. Wasika. Wasika, indeed. He's a great interview, great guy. Uh, not exactly Cuddle Buddy, but... Uh, oh, yeah, Cuddle Buddy. <laughs> great addition. Yeah, by the way, if, if we were making a movie, um, and I, well, I can't think of his name right now, Jim Halpert would play Cuddle Buddy in the movie. <laughs> that's fair what's his yeah. name um john krasinski yeah 
he'd play uh, he'd play a Porterman uh, twenty in uh, in a movie. So about uh, about card collecting. And it's about time that Porterman unblocks me for some thing that he got his panties in a bunch two years have, ago. Have you ever watched? Uh, oh God, I can't think of the name. You just can't think of anything tonight. I know Stumptown, and they have no. a chef on Stumptown uh, that could play staff in a movie. And give me I, a second, I, fellas, while I pull it up. I don't think that even exists. I've never heard of Stumptown. It's I, on ABC. It's not sure. the best, sure. Uh, but there's a dude on the movie on the show. His name's Tukey, and he would play <laughs> staff. Now I know you're just making it up. He would play Steph in a movie. He well, looks nothing like me. Anyone pulls any A's hits, I've collected some, but I need more. Any McGuire parallels, I need them. And any of the short prints, I haven't picked up any of the six. So, let's talk, please. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, this guy. This guy's playing Steph. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> looks nothing like me. Uh, well, okay, it doesn't have to look exactly like you, but he looks enough like you to play you. You know, you know, in Spaceballs, remember the the Spaceballs version? Yeah. No, the, the they had the um stunt the stunt the stunt doubles. Yeah. Yeah, that's the stunt double of that's the Spaceballs version of Steph. Yeah. Also, if anybody wants to make us some ACO cards, courtesy of Dan, what he printed or what he made. We, we, no, seriously, like get with us because we'll get we'll get we'll hook up with Dan to get the copy. We will pay you to make these, and we will we want them. We want those I'm cards. Serious. We love ACO cards. Yeah, we'll, and if we can print some, we'll we'll send them out to any any idiots that want to have us in their collection. Like, that'd be great. We can't, we can't pay for them. We can't pay for them because they're ACO and that's trademarked. We can give you donations of stuff, right? Yeah, we can be friends. Trade, trade, and trade things. Um. Awesome. Remember to check out uh, the Hobby Hotline on Wednesday, on Saturday at 8 a.m. Pacific, Saturday. 10 a.m. Eastern a.m. Early morning. We're going to rise up early. going to get the coffee going. Uh, hopefully the, uh, yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun. Um, remember live here every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Pacific. 10 Central. Make sure to subscribe and review our show on all platforms. Please do. We'd like to see some five-star reviews or four-star reviews or whatever you think. Let us know how we're doing. Seriously, please. Uh, it'd be awesome. Follow us on Twitter us, about uh, the cards. Suggestions for improvements. Yeah, please. If it's like, hey, one of you guys needs to go, like we can have a, we can do a card polls. You know, we, we, we can go. always bring Angie in. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah well, we can replace Chef with Angie. Unless you're the one to go. Well, yeah. Uh, follow Ben at our trading cards. Follow Steph at Junk Wax Twins. Always follow me at Big Chef 79. And uh, I'm going to be busting a case of Series 1 Hobby and Jumbo. Um, I'm going to probably start with Hobby tonight, and I'm going to post the hits on my Twitter account, and I'll be back out in the morning. So uh, if you need any, anything, hit me up. Let me know. And uh, Ben, I'll be looking for stuff for you. Steph? No. Uh, so anyway, share your uh, Hobby stories and great polls with us. Send us your questions, and keep collecting. See you all next week. Yep. See you guys then.